Hello, this is In Search of Tracks podcast, and we're going to end up in a big old pile of them bones. I'm Pete. I'm Bob. What's going on, Bob? <laughs> Not much, buddy. Yo, I like that one. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling them bones today. Um, I mean, it's true, man. It's the unavoidable reality. It is unavoidable. Shout out to Phone, Phony, and Smiley Bones. Uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's let's dig in. How you doing? We we did the briefest of preambles because I think we're both eager to get into it today. Yeah, uh, but but give give me give me one highlight of your day so far. So today today had no highlights. So I'm gonna no go. No highlights. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna actually no. My my wife made a beautiful chicken dinner and it was great. Um, mm. That's the highlight. But shout out. Other than that, today was kind of whack. So um, the ultimate highlight of the weekend is that I am now sunburned and covered in bug bites, which some would think is bad, but to me, it's like summer's here. You know, I'm psyched. I'm in it. So that's the good news. Yo, uh, there's a certain ritual to both those things. Like, I don't want bug bites ever in my life, but getting them certainly does feel... <clears throat> there's a part of the summer that isn't there if you haven't uh, suffered through some bug bites. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, now, I saw you were beaching. Did the bug bites come from the beach or somewhere else? I think the bug bites were post-beach. Okay, um, okay. We, uh, my, my brother's a new father, so we had Father's Day over there. Nice. And uh, I think that that's the, the bugs probably liked all the steak and barbecue that was going on oh, those stupid bugs i mean yo shout out to all the rest of it but um not not in for the bugs um it's currently cool, searching it currently searching for the um the perfect mosquito repellent that isn't like uh toxic death spray chemicals because <laughs> we're not about that life um yeah. but uh we'll see we'll see we, we'll we'll report back uh this is lawn time with with your buddies from In Search of Tracks. Um, <laughs> Pete, you may or may not have alluded to the record we're doing today. Uh, was that subtle or not so subtle? Uh, I don't think it's that subtle, if you know the record at all. Well, today we are diving into... Alice in Chains, uh, the album is Dirt. Dirt! Their second album from 1992. Yes. <clears throat> I have a lot of takes on this record, but <clears throat> as we like to do, first and foremost, uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, at TracksPod. And we've been getting a lot of emails recently. Thank you for that, which those emails have been arriving to us at TracksPod at gmail.com. So hit us up there and only five-star reviews. Please hit us with those. They do help the podcast quite a bit. And thank you for everyone who's left a review. And tell your, tell your friends. It helps tell, us. It helps, your the, it helps the pod. You know? Share, do all that fun stuff. Yeah. Pete, um, what is your personal familiarity with Allison Chains? So I was born in 1984. Mm -hmm. um, I was familiar with much of the music going on in the 90s. That's where I kind of you know, started watching MTV and paying attention and all that good stuff. I wish I remember more of the eighties, but I don't really. Yeah. Um, so early nineties is kind of my musical awakening, if you could say. Sure. Um, so Alice in Chains were a band that were obviously a part of all of that. They had a lot of mega hits that I couldn't, you know, there were points in time where I would turn on MTV and they were just more or less unavoidable. 
Um, yeah, but I no never question. really, I never really paid attention to them. And it wasn't because I didn't like them. I obviously, I guess, didn't like them enough to get the albums and go that deep. But sure. <laughs> it, it never bothered me. I just, I don't know. It just, it didn't seem like my thing. Um, I was a big fan of Nirvana. Nirvana had like more of a punk edge, I think, that resonated with me, whereas Alice in Chains didn't really. Um, so all that being said, really, I just know the hits. Um, okay. I've, I've never listened to a full album. Um, I've always been curious, like especially recently, um, which, you know, makes perfect sense that we're doing In Search of Tracks now. Um, yes. <laughs> but I recently, I've just kind of been looking back on, um, you know, a lot of bands from eras that I'm very familiar with, but, you know, who I never really went deep on. And Alice in Chains is a band that kind of always came across my radar that I should probably revisit. So, so here we are. Well, here what we about are. you? Um, <clears throat> I was born in 1981. <laughs> I have vague memories of, I have a lot of memories of the eighties, vague memories of the music of the eighties, most of which involves, um, you know, like, uh, the We Are the World song, a lot of Michael Jackson. <laughs> sure. Um, there was a really good, following with the We Are the World success, there was a um, Stevie Wonder, I just <clears> called <throat> to say I love you, that had so many celebrities, including my favorite football player, John Elway. Wow. Uh, weird, weird things that you remember. Exciting but times. Exciting times. Musically, my awakening's probably... 92 93. Yeah. So I am very familiar with Alice in Chains. I earned this I earned I owned this record shortly after it came out, probably around 94 I bought this record. Um I bought the self-titled 95 record. Uh I eventually got Facelift the first record. Um yeah, you know, um this is a band I liked. They weren't my favorite of the grunge world. But I did really like them. Um, but it was a long time in between where I kind of put these records on the shelf, got into punk <clears> music <throat> more more deeply and, and active music there um, before I really revisited. Um, and there was a lot that resonated. And I have a lot, a lot of thoughts and feelings on this band. They've also become a band who I feel kind of came back into vogue over the past 10 years, especially these like classic records. It seems um, that way. Yeah, and and it seems a little bit like history has been very kind to them, which I don't I think is rightful, but if you asked 1995 me who were the three biggest grunge bands, mm-hmm. Allison Chains wouldn't be one of them. I am going to ask you, let's say 1995, 1996, whatever you want to put it, who would you have said were the three biggest grunge bands? Um, Nirvana is number one, right? Nirvana, yeah, Nirvana, of course. Um, I think Soundgarden and Pearl Jam. Yep, th- that's my three as well. Yeah, <clears throat> and <clears throat> oddly enough, I think Allison Chains maybe has unseated one of those three into the quote unquote pantheon of grunge bands. Interesting, and we should talk about that later on in the episode. That said, <clears throat> very familiar with this record. Was really excited when we were talking about records. Um, my favorite is when neither of us is is uh, 
is familiar with a record and then we kind of go in really virgin ears. Yeah. But, uh, but the last few we've done were records that were kind of favorites of yours. So I'm kind of excited to dig into this. I, I spent a lot of time with this record over the past week or so. So cool. All right. Sight. Why we discussed this record, we kind of set the, the, the tone for this already. This was a very popular band, very popular record. Um, and has kind of come back into vogue over the past, I don't know, 10 years. Um, I was surprised that this is their highest selling album. Well, <clears throat> so just so, because I know the jar of flies had like hits that I remember vividly. Whereas this one, I didn't remember the hits as, as clearly, but I okay, guess, okay. I guess it makes sense that, um, you know, this is an older album. It yeah. had certain hits. I don't know. Yeah. It hit so so. This record had five singles, right? Which is always a big sign, including um, a song that was on the soundtrack of Singles, the movie. So like, yeah, this band just kind of like this this record. All right, <clears throat> I'm going to make some bold proclamations today. I alluded to one of them, but that's not going to be number one. Number one is going to be bold proclamation. Allison Chain's Dirt hit at the absolute pinnacle of grunge music the middle of september middle of 1992 i think that is peak grunge and i think this record was released literally at the top of grunge grunge couldn't have been hotter yeah that sounds right to me um you know i think nevermind is at that point uh a year old exactly one year so one year and five days after nevermind comes out Mm-hmm. Alice in Chains Dirt comes out. Interesting. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> that is very kind of, interesting. Right? And it's, um, a, it's actually, it's it's wild when you think about, this is a larger conversation, but mm-hmm. to keep it short, I mean, Please. it's uh, it's wild how short the life of grunge really was when you think about it in those terms. Yes. If, if, you, if you start it with Nevermind and you end it with, you know, maybe 1994, Kirk Cobain, you yep. know, obviously, unfortunately, suicide, and then uh, In Utero coming out, that that feels like the death knell. Yeah. Well, so In Utero comes out <clears throat> September 93. So, like, oh, what about 93? this? 93? Wow. Yeah. So, In Utero was out before he dies, but um, Pearl Jam 10 comes out August 27th, 91. So a month after 10 comes out is Nevermind. Yep. A year after Nevermind is Dirt. <clears throat> a year after Dirt is in utero. Uh, let me place the Soundgarden records in this. Um, really, it's just it's super unknown. Um, super unknown. Oh, this is so interesting. Soundgarden Super Unknown doesn't come out till March 94. Yeah, and that that wow. makes sense. Because I think that might be wow. That was the one that I remember just seeing the Black Hole Sun video like endlessly on MTV. Yes, yes. Um, and that that would have been around where I was paying probably the most attention. <laughs> and so that might be, <clears throat> we might say, man, that's a crazy question. Is what is the run of grunge? Because I think Super Unknown certainly is in there. Um, Pearl Jam versus is sometime Pearl Jam versus is 93 <sighs> is super unknown. The, the bookend of grunge is that the last of the classic grunge records. I'm going to throw Ed. some temple pilots in and just see where they were in all this. Oh, good call because I think they mattered in the terms, in terms of grunge too, for sure. Um, 
Core is 92. Purple is 94. Purple's June 7th, 94. So, wow. Yeah, I think I think that's what it is. I think that Super Unknown is March 8th. You <coughs> might extend it to that, the second Stone Temple Pilots LP. But this is this is a question for the audience. What is the time range of peak grunge? Uh, because I think it's 91 to 94. And it is really, it's really condensed. If you go August 91 to, let's say, June 94, that's where you get all of the classic, quote-unquote, grunge records of the time. That's wild, dude. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like a three-year range. Three almost years. Boom, 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 boom. Tons of records coming out. And there's probably some stuff outside of that. And, like, of course, like, you have to mention Mud Honey. You have to mention Nirvana Bleach. You have to do that. But we're talking about grunge in that like pop culture phenomenon way, right? And those records predate it. Yeah, those are the ancestral, you know. So uh, my bold proclamation one is Alice in Chains' "Dirt" came out at the peak of grunge. Um, this record matters. It definitely has a slightly different flavor than some of the other bands we're talking about. As as like I want to give note to these bands. Shout out to the big bands of grunge, all sort of having their own spin on things you know yeah it's 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 a really interesting you know genre work that none of these bands really are sound alikes no i'm with you on that that's actually that was one of my big takeaways here um and it's 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 not something i hadn't mentioned before i think i've mentioned it in other podcasts where like when you really start thinking about any genre like 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 big genre like grunge for example there's always it's just it it's just a label that can only do so much good, right? Where like like Pearl Jam actually don't sound all that much like Alice in Chains, who actually don't sound all that much like Nirvana. Like they're all who kind don't of, sound that much like Soundgarden, who don't sound yeah, that much like Stone Temple Pilots. You they're know? all pulling from these different. Like there's obviously something there that's putting them all in the same category. Yep. Um, aesthetically, I guess you could put them all in the same category for sure. But like musically, yeah, they're they're pulling from different places. So. So yeah, um, it's interesting. So yeah, that's the reason we're talking about this record. Um, this, I mean, so so then, I mean, why don't you give me your initial big thoughts sinking into this for the first time, really? Um, I, I guess I came out of this feeling exactly how I thought I would feel about it, which is to say. I'm not all in on it. Um, there are some tracks that I just didn't like all that much. Um, but there were some tracks that I really liked and there were definitely some parts that like they're overall Alice in Chains are much heavier than I had imagined them being. Um, even songs like them bones, like it sounds more like, you know, some like stoner rock and like doom metal bands that I've listened to for sure than I imagined it would, you know, and not, not them bones specifically, but like, but, but I, that there's some, there's some dirging and sludginess in some of these songs that you don't find in other grunge or like, yeah, much alternative music. And there was a lot more Sabbath, I guess, than I had expected. Yes. Um, I, I think that's a good way to put it, which was cool. Um, and I definitely, kind of to your point about them being more important now 
um, or I guess aging really well, I do see a lot of contemporary bands kind of pulling from potentially pulling from different elements of this record or this band. So, so yeah, it was, I'm really glad I listened to it. There are definitely some songs that I've like added to playlists for myself. Um, they're a cool band and definitely a band that I want to now listen to their other records. The Allison Chains is an awesome band to do the full journey on. Good chance a lot of people listening to this already know, but <clears throat> they first started as a band, Alice and Chains, um, and they were like glam metal. <clears throat> they changed their name when they changed their sound. A couple membership changes, which became Alice in Chains. Mm-hmm. Um, the that material I'm not familiar with, other than the album cover and logo, which I, I strongly recommend people look up. It's uh, it's pretty amazing. That said, bold proclamation number two: Allison Chains' "Dirt" is the bridge between Guns N' Roses and grunge. I think that they take a lot of elements that were present in. How can uh, how do I classify like use your illusion or like the you know mid era you know Guns N' Roses? It's the <laughs> bridge between <clears throat> accessible pop metal, you know, and heavy metal. Like Guns N' Roses is kind of in that glam metal world, yeah, um, and grunge and the more heavy edged, discordant gnarly music that grunge was that was decidedly different than heavy metal but Alice in Chains is the record that sort of bridges the two so for example if someone was like it's 1992 and someone's like hey my favorite record right now is Nevermind I'd be like okay cool you might like this record Alice in Chains Dirt if someone was like yeah I I still you know I'm still bopping off November Rain bro (laughs) I could say yo check out this Alice in Chains record I think you might be able to fuck with it so um, Good point. This is my bold proclamation. I th- I think that they, and it makes sense when you look at their roots, right? They were coming from a heavy metal world as opposed to Nirvana, even the dudes from Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, etc. Some of those dudes dabbled, but most of those dudes dabbled more in the punk side of things or like the weird roots, kind of like sub pop, noisier stuff, rock stuff that wasn't heavy metal. Whereas Allison chains, like, yo, there was a time when these dudes were like, you know, trying to wear uh, big hair and silly jackets, you know, this album cover is truly great. You have to see the it. Alice like, and chains. Yeah. It's, it's classic. I'm pretty sure someone made bootleg shirts with this logo and it's pretty phenomenal. Oh, it's beautiful. It's really good work. So <clears throat> that's my bold proclamation too, is that this band and this record more specifically you know, there's just little hints and nods. They aren't afraid of big riffs. No. They don't quite get to having licks, but it's close. <laughs> there's some really interesting vocal layering stuff that you catch on a few tracks that you're like, oh, okay. Okay. You know, you're not hearing this on Nevermind, <laughs> you know? Oh, I mean, yeah, I, th- I think that's a huge part of it. That's like their signature. Right. And all that said but they keep this like dirgy and kind of darkness that is really different than, um, than any of those kind of bands than the, the like hair metal bands for lack of a better term. It's Um, truly dark, man. 
Yo, it's, it's 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 like I mean, this is darker than Nirvana ever got, really. No question. So, uh, so you know, just kind of about half the record is real heavy on drug addiction. Yeah, you know, and and I mean, we could we can read through the song titles here, but you know, uh, I think it's Junkhead. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, there's a few. Th- th- it's sick just, man, sick man, sick man. Um, Godsmack, Godsmack, yeah, yeah, like, like these are all sort of either hidden or or very overt uh, drug references, yeah, and uh, a lot of darkness to it. I think this is. <clears throat> I wonder what kind of attention this record gets released in the mainstream world if it had tried to come out before. Nevermind. I don't. I don't think this gets. I think there's a lot of major labels. This record came out on Columbia uh, who are saying, hearing this and going, yo, kick rocks. This is too dark. Yeah. But it sort of spells out just the, the climate of popular music. Like, I don't want to, I, I think it's false when you hear people talk about grunge music and alternative music at the time. Yo, this was the most popular music, period. This was really popular. Rap was catching hold really <clears throat> big. But basically... 80s pop and like boys bands along with like hair metal were replaced by some of the ugliest music you could imagine and you spelled it out clearly like for about a three-year window which just so happens to hit music awakening time for our age group you couldn't escape grunge music on mtv spoon man was playing on uh, you know loop the uh, uh uh black hole sun video yeah forever you know endlessly endlessly so this record's super dark and <clears throat> nevermind's got dark moments i think that you know even when you talk about alternative of the time you know rem has music that in a pop sense lyrically if you're able to pull it apart is pretty dark it's like you know dark but the music isn't as dark you know dirt is just a dark record lyrically yeah. and content it's just content matches form very well it's like cry for help shit dark yes yes i mean truly does that does that pull you into the record or does it push you away uh it actually pulls me in um because i just i I think it's so fascinating i mean to the to the just the the point again about grunge having about a three-year timeline like I, i i really think that a record like this only i mean to your point it only could have hit at this point Yes. Um, it couldn't have hit after it couldn't have hit before. It's like they, they were just kind of right on time with this because it's, it's, uh, it's dark in a way that com- commercial music just isn't this dark typically before or after. You, you know, good, good point on the after too, because I don't think like this, this record was number six on the billboard 200, uh, sold 5 million copies worldwide. Yeah. This might be the most popular, like full born, like uh, in the down in the hole, fucking, <laughs> you know, to quote like dirt, addiction, drugs, suicidal thoughts record of all time. Right. You yeah. Know? Um, and I think it actually stands out from the other Allison Chains records as a very dark record. Like it, it is the darkest in comparison to those as well, I think. Well, yeah, and that's why I'm I'm now curious to go check those out. So, so yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be my homework. 
Okay, so those so bold proclamation one, uh, bold proclamation. This was the peak of grunge. Bold proclamation two. This is the bridge record between uh, hair metal and grunge. Um, bold proclamation three. <clears throat> History has been kind to this record. It has aged well, and I believe that Allison Chains Dirt has unseated Soundgarden Super Unknown in the pantheon of grunge records wow to me and i'm a, i'm like a sound garden super fan <laughs> um are you I didn't oh know yeah that. oh super unknown is one of my favorite like was was a very important record to me like super wow. important, super important um yeah we can we'll talk about that sometime uh but i think just in nomenclature just in talking about it and thinking about this record and listening to it I think it's never Nirvana, never mind. I think it's Allison Chain's Dirt. And I think, and this is the question I ask, is it Pearl Jam 10? Because a lot of people feel different ways about Pearl Jam. You're one of them. <laughs> but <laughs> See, uh, I, but feel, I put I've, 10 I've, there because, because of the popularity. I love Pearl Jam, but I think over the years, Pearl Jam's pulled away from grunge more and more. Yeah, I think because they've outlived all the bands and they've just had a much longer career. And their sound grew away from it in a way that maybe it was being hinted at as early as 10. Right. And made it stand stand out differently, but it pulled away in such a way that it kind of changes the narrative on the band. Right. <laughs> all right, so what are you going to say? What, what would your top three Pantheon be? I think you're probably right. Um, 10 has Jeremy on it, correct? Correct, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so that that record's kind of undeniable at this yes. point. Uh, and, and, and like, even if you're not a fan of the record, the the like importance level of it is so high. Yeah, you know, even flow. Uh, and it did so feel, singles are alive. Even flow, Jeremy and Oceans. Oceans was kind of the failed single, but but those were it was just big. Yeah, I don't remember Oceans. I definitely remember Even Flow. I remember the the video vividly. Yeah, um, Eddie Vedder stage dive just falling which, off the. Yeah, which like and trestle. that like that whole video like aesthetically, I feel like just set the, the whole stage for grunge in and of itself, right? Yeah, just yeah. all the long hair and the flannel and the whole long deal. hair. Yeah, right. Because if you actually watch, if you watch the. Um, <clears throat> Smells like Teen Spirit video. There's a lot of the look, but then Pearl Jam kind of ups the ante on it, and it's like, oh, okay. And then, then when you see it kind of commercialized in a lot of the like depictions of this world in movies over the next like three to five years, which also, by the way, let's talk about that. Um, <laughs> it, it all looks more like a Pearl Jam video than a Nirvana show. You know what true, I mean? True, true. Because the Pearl Jam look was a lot more accessible and a little easier palette, like more palatable, I guess, for people. Sure. What about the almost immediate um, like love affair that media had with grunge and that whole world there were movies that were like essentially set in this grunge dominated world immediately like right after like <laughs> like hey here's all these movies about grunge and like set in this world where grunge is a thing singles is the one that jumps to mind but there's yeah. at least four others you know for sure i mean and that's it's, it's kind of blowing my mind that we like did we put the timeline together here because the fact that singles came out so quickly after it became yes. a thing is is insane okay singles is uh, 92 
Reality Bites, 94. Um, Wild. There's a few others. What's the, there's like the record store one. There's like Empire Records. Yeah, right. Like, Jesus Christ. There was uh, so many. Um, yeah. Clerks. I mean, Reality yep. Bites, Kicking and Screaming. Empire Records is 95. Empire Records is like the final tipping off point where yep. it's like, okay, this is over. But um, I feel like we're missing like a really obvious one right now. But, yeah, we yeah, there were there were a few. Um, so I feel like singles is like the quintessential one, though. I think at this point, I feel like that's aged better than most of them. Agree, and most of the people from that look like extras from the Pearl Jam, uh, Jam true, you know, yeah. the, the Even Flow video, and the so, soundtrack holds up. Yeah, Paul, I think so. Paul too. Westerberg's songs on on that are great, <laughs> banger, banger. Um, and so connecting it um, on the single soundtrack is Allison Chains Wood first song. Yep. Which is the, I believe, the last song on Dirt. Correct. So, so anyways, um, any other big thoughts about this? Um, no. Let's, uh, this? Let's, let's track by track. Love it. All right. Um, I will kick us off. Them Bones. I feel so I think this is the quintessential Allison Chain song. Uh, well, yes, it's, I think it's their most popular song. I think it's perfect kind of high energy version of the band and a great album starter. It's essential. I don't know if it, I don't know if it totally defines this record, but I think it defines Allison Chains as a band at large. So it's a certified banger keep for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I uh so I I did the headphones listen with this and I had the volume up really loud and it kicked in so hard I was like oh fuck yeah um cuz it really like it's a, it's a banger of an opener um obviously I I had heard this song before but every time we listen to albums for this podcast I I just think about things I guess differently than I usually yes. do um because I'm not like hearing it walking around at the Walmart or something I'm actually you know paying close attention yes <laughs> um but uh this song's like truly great I think it's 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 a super strong opener um even though it's a single and I've heard it a bunch of times it doesn't it doesn't I mean it definitely feels of the time but it doesn't I'm not tired of it I um, strongly agree I think it's got like a unique um melody in the uh, kind of in the flow, as you're going through to the the chorus, it's just cascading a bit in this fun way. And and uh, like we should we should note, Lane Staley is a vocalist, super unique, for sure. And this is a glowing point on the record. Like you start with this real like high energy, and you're like the ah ah, and you yeah. just 
it's reverberating and like you immediately feel very differently than you do when you're hearing, you know, their peers at the time. Absolutely. And this one, just the the riffs on it is just so much heavier than I had, than I really had like noted before. Um, I guess just the headphones listen. I was like, damn, this is actually like super heavy. It's great. Great. Um, that might be something we have to add in to our review list because I do the same thing is I try to, I try to experience the record a few different ways, but headphones listen is always in there. And there's a headphones listen pass fail to me. Yeah. Yep. And it's not like, it's like, Oh cool. Like was this worth a, headphones listen are you picking up more and 100 like there's a lot going on in this yeah if you've heard this song a million times on the radio i promise you if you put it on in headphones it'll be worth the two minutes and 30 seconds definitely okay damn that river so for me um it's a good driving song i feel like it's definitely it's 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 a good kind of second song for an album um the lyrics and the narrative of it are keeping me interested, but ultimately this song ends up feeling a little bit samey for me. It, it mm-hmm. feels like, it feels like whereas them bones had this like dirgier kind of feel. Sure. This feels like it has more of like a nineties big rock feel uh-huh. that like, isn't as appealing to me as them bones. Yep. So, I still like it. I'm not going to cut this one, but it's like, it's, it's, it's not like, it's not one of my favorites on the record. Okay. But I think it's, it's a good second song. Like it keeps the energy going in a, in a, in a way that's, that keeps it moving. I think, uh, you nailed it. This is a fantastic second song. Um, this is an example. When we talk about this, like we talked about this on a, the last two records we did where I'm like, who's this song for? You know, like, why are they doing yeah, this? This yeah, feels like yeah. a template to me. This is a good example of like, Hey, this changed the tempo up a lot from the opener. There's a bit of a like bluesiness, but really what you have here is cocksure, swaggery dudes coming out of heavy metal. Like there's a lot of that like like <sighs> The best things I can say about Allison Chains and Allison Chains Dirt is that I think they were able to tastefully pull a lot of that kind of one craftsmanship and two confidence <laughs> right from hair metal glam metal sleazy metal <laughs> to grunge and apply That's a really it in a good way point. right and i think you hear that all over this however the biggest detraction that i can say is they also created and influenced a world that begat the late 90s active rock butt rock yeah, yeah and even some new metal stuff that came from stuff like this the yeah yeah a hundred percent yeah and that's 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 where i mean yeah there, there's, there's a bunch of this on that record that or, or there's a bunch of that on this record where i does it tune I, you I, out well, because I know what came after. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, and it's so distasteful. Like the stuff that they influence is such crap to me. Yeah. But here I like it. And maybe I don't give a damn anyway. Um, <laughs> there's so many lines off this record that bounce around in my head forever. So uh, damn that river is 100% a keeper to me. Love it. Cool. All right. Rain when I die. You, you kick us off. 
So this one, they switch it up a little bit. There's like kind of a jammier opening that kind of loses the plot after a little bit. It goes on a little long. Yep. Um, it's the second longest song on the record. I think it's about six and a half minutes. Yep. Um, there's a few things happening. He's definitely showing off the vocal range a bit more here, um, yep. which in that department, there's a lot to offer. So like, I, I feel like he's experimenting with the vocals throughout the record, honestly. Um, yeah, I, I don't, agree. I don't love the song, but like, um, there's a lot of pieces to it. So it's like, you know, I think the last two episodes, we kind of half cut songs. Like there are, there, <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah. there, there's not even the specific half of this song that I want to keep, but there, I like how they're getting a little bit more experimental. Like there, there's a riff in here that's definitely Sabbath, but then 100%. there's some really off kilter sounding vocal harmonies that like are, are kind of their MO. At, I think historically um, that they really nail on this. Yes. Um, so I like parts of it. I don't love the whole song. I don't know that. I I, I think I'm going to cut it oh, um, ulti- okay. ultimately, but, but uh, I like, I like that they're kind of, and again, I don't know them historically, so I don't know what the first album sounds like, but, but they're definitely doing different things on every song so far at this yeah. point. And I, I like that about it. Yeah. Uh, Rain When I Die is like, it's like they're slowly building towards the, the like ballad. Yeah. Which comes next. Um, <clears throat> this is the weirdest sort of love song. And uh, if you read the lyrics, I actually, this might be one of my favorite lyrical songs on the record um i think it's very strong and it's really weird and it's kind of like very desperate and hopeless in a way while at the same time sort of eliciting big rock overtures you know like yeah the chorus is very big rock like did you call my name um Yo, I'm a sucker for it. This is like, but I like that more than I like anything that came after that did that. No, I know, and that's you the know. thing is, I I think you nailed it. Um, they're doing different things on each song. Somehow, there's a cohesion on this record. I think it's held together by Lane Staley's vocal range and yeah. his willingness to try awkward things. There's two songs where I think it kind of falls apart a little bit later on in the record, and not fall apart, but it doesn't hold together as well as you'd like it to. Yeah. Um, but this is a 100% keeper for me. Love the song. It's a lesser single. Um, again, a song that's gotten stuck in my head for the last uh, 25 years. So how about that? Um, yeah. So there's something there. Something there. Yeah. Why don't we go look at track four, Down in a Hole. So this is definitely a song I was familiar with. One of the bigger hits on the record. 100%. Um, is this the biggest hit on the record? It probably is. It's this or Them Bones. I think this got... Or Wood. Or Wood, yeah. This um, this song got so much radio play, but so did Wood. These are the. I think these were the biggest um, singles, yeah. Question. Down in a Hole is a huge single. You, I, I don't know this off the top of my head, and I don't think the internet's going to tell me immediately. Yes. Um, did this song have a second life when they put out the Unplugged album? 
Yes, no question. Okay, like that's what I thought. Was huge. Um, and just as a heads up, I believe this was the biggest single. Uh, spent 21 weeks on mainstream rocks uh, Billboard chart, peaked at number 10. Um, and yeah, and then the acoustic version on their unplugged record, which is phenomenal, um, was big. Was really really big. Yeah, because I feel like I remember that more than I remember this version, honestly. Yeah. But, but yeah, um, good song. Uh, definitely the ballad. Um, you know, it's how about how it is described as a power ballad? Last single from the album. Pretty interesting. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, really. Um, it drags on a bit long for me. Is my only thing. Um, it's not one of my favorite songs. I'm going to keep it just because I'm familiar with it. And like, it's, it's, it's obviously kind of a hit. Um, I do like it, but yeah, oh, I don't, I don't love it. Okay. That's fine. What is, let's say this, it drags on for you. What else, what else pulls you away from this one? Is it repetition? It's just repetition. Yeah. It's, I mean, there, there's the, and it's, 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 I think I like the heavier Alice in Chains. Like yeah. now that I know that they can get, as dirgy as they get yes that's that appeals to me um so hearing them kind of bring themselves out of that and try this new kind of more yeah. kind of power ballad Their most thing. pop accessible song i think yeah Other than for sure wood. i think wood might be more so but yeah yeah um but this is definitely kind of mellower than wood i think yeah so yeah it's just I, I want I want heavy now. Now that I know what Alice in Chains can do after three songs, like I want it. I want it to be heavier. So this is a really interesting thing, and I, I actually remembered this, but it's worth noting because they note it everywhere. On the original pressings of this record, "Down in a Hole" is the twelfth track, so it's the song wow. before "Wood." So <clears throat> if you, if you were thinking about this record in flow manner and saying, "Hey, maybe that was the initial uh, the." Uh, original intent of the band down in a hole fit between angry chair and wood which makes sense when you hear the the like flow being like oh okay this they kind of end on this real soft level you know um i like that a lot more and i think you would because i'm seeing it and you go rain when i die into sick man into rooster yeah into junk like it's kind of hitting some of those heavier notes interesting yeah and when did uh, they make that change after down at a hole hit i guess i think so i think they rearranged wow. it later on within the last you know in a more recent um you know over the last however long couple sure maybe 10 years 20 years whatever um but not in the early version so kind of interesting um it's a keeper for me for sure uh love it there is i think your your complaints about it are super valid because even when you listen to the song you're like okay you could have you could have edited this song down you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there is a significant repetition here and they play with that at other parts of the record in a way that's more interesting where they'll have an odd break. And in this song, there is a weird break for a little bit, but then the refrain just goes back to the exact down in a home. Yeah. So, um, it song could have big. been four minutes and it would have been fine. Absolutely. And it's as is tracks in it about five and a half. So could have been edited down. It's still a keeper to me. So, so far we're four in and I'm all keepers. Sick. Next song, Sick Man. 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 Sick
Sick man, sick man. Um, this is not my favorite song. I actually strangely remember that this song wasn't a single, but still got radio play. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't remember that. <laughs> vocally, I think he does some pretty interesting stuff here that are that's a little more off time. Yeah. And pulls it in. I like the music a lot. The vocals here are the only place. Well, there's one other, but the place where I'm like, oh, just on the wrong side of butt rock. You're just <laughs> a little over the line for me. Musically, I really like the song. I might cut sick, man. It's right on my line. It's 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 all right. I'm cutting it. Cut it. Okay. I support that because this is a hard cut for me. Oh, okay. You tell me about it. So, I mean, again, it goes along with the experimentation, which like I, I, I appreciate. And I actually, I would rather hear a band going completely out of their comfort zone than just staying in the pocket most Agreed. of the time. Um, like you said, his vocals, it's a very different style from the rest of the record. Um, credit for trying it, but I don't like it. There's there's really dramatic time signature changes in this that I just don't feel like just it I don't know it I, it, it doesn't work They're for me. They're sharp. You know what's interesting? I I've had that same thought. Um they're sort of sweeping when they do it. It's like yeah. sharp and then it's like do 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 it's I appreciate the attempt. I think about it because when I hear that in aggressive guitar music now like post 2010, I go, Oh, was this influenced by electronic music? Right. Or was this influenced by industrial music? And here, I don't think I would attribute it to either. I would yeah. say it's more influenced by either prog or weird psych music, like the style where it's like just sharp cut, total left turn. You know what I mean? And I could it, definitely see that. Right. And that it has more of that, like a bit whimsical feel. Yeah. But it doesn't totally work. Well, it's kind of one of those things where too, like, and this, uh, whenever bands do it, no matter who the band is, I, I feel like, so the song is called Sick Man. It's very obviously about someone who's like, dope very fiending, yes. dope fiending. Yeah, just deep, deep, deep in it. Um, and the song, the music of the song is obviously trying to kind of mirror that feeling of yes. whatever that is. Um, sometimes that can work really well. Sometimes it just doesn't, but I, I guess it's, it's one of those things where like, maybe if I had a heroin addiction in my past, I would be like, Oh, this actually like, this is, this sounds like what it feels like, you know? Um, yo, good point. This, there is a bit of kind of like, um, like a lack of control in the song. And yeah, it, it feels really unhinged. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I know that, um, that's, that's kind of a big part of, what they're doing. I think was it is it Sick Man or is it Junkhead? No, Junkhead I think is the one where they're it's actually from the perspective of someone who's like doped up trying yes. to talk to like a normie. Correct. Um but yes. yeah, I mean th this song it 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 kind of has a similar feel to me. So like I like respect but like it it it's not something I'm ever going to go back to. No, misses the mark on a couple points. Lyrically uh again, this is a like <sighs> song I don't like vocally I think he doesn't hit it but when you read the lyrics through this if you put this as an A side and Junkhead 
as the B-side, you go, yo, this is really (laughs) messed up drug user music and like feels very um, well sourced, we'll say. You know what I mean? Like, oh, this isn't, this is lived experience, not like uh, storytelling. Right. So, uh, so that's a cut for both of us. Okay, good. Um, The next song is another arguably one of their biggest songs. This might have been the bigger single than Down in a Hole. Yeah. Rooster. Rooster. Um, this one, this one too, man. So I, I kind of have a similar feeling for this that I do for down in a hole. Um, it's good. I'm in, I'm with it. I, I enjoyed it more with the headphone. Listen. Yes. Um, big sing along chorus. The heavy parts are really cool. Maybe the biggest chorus. Um, well, not the biggest chorus in grunge, but biggest chorus on this record. One of the, yeah, I think it's the biggest chorus on the record. Um, one thing that I noted, I had no real memory of the female vocal harmonies that start the song and end yes, the song. Yes, yes. Like I feel like every time I've heard this, those were just cut out of it somehow. <laughs> but I like I had no recollection. I, like I was like I know this song, but I don't remember this part. Um, so that was interesting. But ultimately, it kind of suffers from the same uh, feel as down in a hole where. Um, it's over six minutes. I feel like it could have been done in four minutes and it would have been much more effective. Um, but I'm still keeping it. It's a good song. Yeah. Uh, strong, strong keeper for me. Um, certainly a song. If you grew up in the nineties and had alternative radio on at any point, this song was probably, uh, uh, burned to death on your ears. Um, for some time, I think it's a very good song. I think the dirgier parts in this are really fun. I think some of the buildups are really fun. Um, where it sort of unravels towards the end is a neat little kind of twist to it. Um, here we're back to really working vocals for Staley. Like I just think he he starts doing unique stuff on this song that that feels both like it it's deeply personal but that you can also see playing at an arena which is right. a unique position to be in absolutely and can't be said for every grunge record you know what i mean like this feels like a song that that could be played with a bunch of people with their lighters in the air for better and worse for all that means so yeah. um yeah i i really like this song uh agree could use the, some brevity um but it's is this the longest song on the record? Yeah, it is. Um, cut it a little bit, but it has that big room feel that, you know, you're starting by this point in the record to know like, oh, this is this is part of the deal with this band. They go between these like super dark songs and then lyrically still very dark songs, but that have big room appeal. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, keeper for me next song and i'm so this is the song i think when i was listening today on my final listen i was like oh i really want to there's two songs in this little block junkhead is the song i'm most curious to hear your thoughts on bob this is my favorite song on the record yeah (laughs) it's a great song oh this is the best deep cut song on the album it's fucking great yeah um go in so yeah i mean it, it it feels like a stoner rock tune to me like it 
like anyone that's a fan of like sleep or electric wizard or anything yes. can like find something here. Um, which is what I found, I guess. Um, <laughs> I, I really, really like the guitar lead. Um, yes. Which is, it was funny because it, the, the lead in this sounds a lot like, and maybe someone's going to call me crazy. I don't know, but like, it sounds like it could have been on the Maiden record we covered a few weeks ago, Brave New Worlds. Like it had this like melodic feel yeah. to it that a lot of leads on this album don't. I um, can hear that. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was cool. Um I like the lyrics a lot too. Just like the outsider thing of like I'm a junkie and you're not, and like you'll never actually understand what this is. Um I like sometimes I think their lyrics are really great actually. And this is one of those moments where I feel like it hits really well. Um, great I mean, song. I don't know how many other songs that were on a record that sold 5 million copies have a chorus of what's my drug of choice. Well, what have you got? I don't right. go broke and I do it a lot. Yeah. Yo, when you give this headphones, listen and you hear that, you see like you see someone who's in active addiction and is saying, yeah, okay. You know, like, yep. <laughs> you know, let's go like, yeah, like this is, this is what I am. And like, there's a defiance in it that as somebody who doesn't really do drugs, uh, it's, it's like, it's super punk, man. Yo, yo yeah. And it's just like, it feels really honest. It feels like something that's surprising, in a like mainstream fucking media way, like just like, Whoa, um, great song. Love the heaviness of it. Think this nails the energy they wanted to get with sick man, but musically just didn't, didn't achieve. I think though, I will say a sick man junkheads, you know, 45, <laughs> like single. I'm with you on that. Fucking fascinating. Cause it's just yeah. like, yo, this is a trip. So, uh, yeah, that's a keeper. Great. I'm psyched on that. All right. Um, yeah, good. Strong song. Uh, dirt. So, um, lyrically, it's very along the lines of what's there. There are a lot of recurring themes, I think, here, but but this one to me feels a little different in that, like, it feels more focused. Like this, actually, you mentioned um, them bones being yes. kind of the quintessential Alice in Chains song, arguably. I feel like that's probably true but i feel like dirt is kind of the spiritual centerpiece of this record um i think you're on something it's like just because lyrically it seems very focused musically it's very focused um the experimentation is there kind of vaguely but it's 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 more it's more focused it's more direct 
um, than a lot of tracks on the record. And I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I really like this song. It might be my second favorite on the record, if, uh, if I'm being honest. I think this has the best rhythm. Like it just has a rhythmic balance to the song. Yeah. And Staley's vocals tie into it so perfectly. I think you're right. I think this is the most focused and efficient song. And when you said this is the spiritual core, yep, you're right. This is the album. This is the album right here. And uh great song. Um this is another like from the I guess late night grunge radio. <laughs> you know, you'll occasionally get a sick man for somebody who's trying to mix it up hard. Dirt would get ply. So uh, Dirt is definitely a keeper to me. Cool. Yeah, right. it's a great song. Now, here's the other song. I was curious about how you felt about it, uh, perhaps in a different way. Godsmack. So this is a cut, Bob. Me too. Um, yeah. Um, the song, I mean, it's, 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 it's definitely unique amongst all the other songs um lyrically or i guess vocally i don't really like what he's doing he's kind of stepping out of the lane here again trying something new and it doesn't really work for me um there's also an awful lot of butt rock here so much butt rock (laughs) the big solo at the end is real like uh you know fucking leftovers cuts from the b-sides you know like like um, this is the weakest song on the record so far to me because it doesn't even have kind of the boldness that, that we both respected off sick man. Um, yeah, you're probably right. Actually. It, like, like I think about, um, sick man as being like my hardest cut, but when I really think about it, I do respect what they're trying to do there over what this is. Yeah. Um, so am I, so uh, just to con- to clear some things up, because I saw the name Godsmack and went, oh no, like that band that's terrible. <laughs> well, I thought about that too, yeah. Apparently they did not get the name from the Alice in Chains song. Um, it was a... Uh, I think it, that's just lingo. Yeah, it's just That's slang. just heroin lingo. Yes, yeah. exactly. So um, shout out for the, the good uh, heroin lingo. No shout out to the bad band. Um, <laughs> so that's a cut for both of us. Hard cut. I think it's the bottom of the record. Uh, kind of unfortunate that follows up Dirt, but I think they, again, in the effort of doing different things, this was them kind of giving a little bit bigger guitar attempt. It just didn't work. It just doesn't... It, it almost doesn't flow in the record. Yeah. But it's it's not... It's not it's not like a song that I'm like, ugh, but if I were going to edit this record, I'm cutting that song. Um, yeah. And I will say, too, this is this is after Dirt, this uh, we we get into a little bit of a lull here for me personally yes agree. overall agree because as we kind of noted if down in a hole is at track 12 that changes things up so um after godsmack is the song that if you're li- on streaming services it's just listed as untitled it's their intro slash iron gland um tom mariah is on the song uh it's total this is what I call studio. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool, man. Let's put it on there. Leave it. This is where drugs are a bad idea. Yeah, this is <laughs> that's cool, man. Like, no. Yeah. Um it's 43 seconds. Uh, you don't need to spend the 43 seconds on it. Cut it. Yo, let me say this just real quick. I so I was reading about the record as I was listening to it, and 
I didn't actually know that Tom Mariah did any vocals on this record. So when I saw that he did guest vocals, I was like, oh, wow, I'm looking forward to that song. And when this came on, I was so bummed. Yeah, I was like, I was like, that's that's it. That's that's what they did with that. Okay, great. Cool. Right, right. Oh, thanks, Tom. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. This is this is what you did, you know? Yeah. So. So yeah, bummer. 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 All right. Uh, Hate to feel. just putting it out another cut song for me yes it's uh it's one where i like the time signature changes it 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 feels unique to the other songs on the album in the way that it's constructed um which keeps me in and keeps me i guess listening and active but like I ultimately I don't like it. It's 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 long. It really doesn't do anything for me. Apparently, it was one of the only two songs that was written strictly by uh, Lane Staley. Mm-hmm. So I I was more interested going in just to kind of see what that was. But uh, yeah, cut. This song had some vocal parts that I remember, and in my head they were sharper. There was more mm-hmm. of like hate to see, hate to feel. Like it was a more dramatic cuts yeah um and i remember them kind of fondly uh this does one of my least favorite tropes in aggressive guitar music which is the bluesy scaling the (laughs) like like yo i get it like that's a kind of tried and true thing to do but i also feel it's kind of lazy yeah you have to be you have to have written a great song to make that feel like anything other than like straight up music trope to me at this point. Um, it's a fine song. It's okay. It's a cut. It's a cut. It's a cut. Yo, we've agreed a lot on this record. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, angry chair. Yo, I had no recollection of this song whatsoever. So like, this is like, this has to be like the failed single, right? Because <laughs> this, this was a single. Yes. I think am so. I wrong? Am uh, I wrong in that in that this was a failed single? Like this got no play compared to the other songs. It was. This is the third single off the record, actually. So, okay. I do have vague memory, but it was the it was the lesser it was the least single. I called one of the other songs a lesser single. This is the least single. Okay, um, it's a cut for me. It's 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 kind of too little, too late. If if just in a nutshell, like there's nothing particularly experimental or interesting um but it's also not particularly catchy so yeah it's it's it 
there's really nothing here for me on this one. Okay. Uh, this song, um, the kind of like <sighs> sludgy-ish, dirgy-ish intro, um, doom, doom, bass heavy. Uh, I like the chorus. I don't mind. Yeah. I don't I, like that gets in my head a lot. Um, there's a lot of this song that's gets in my head in that ugly way of like, eh, it's kind of like annoying, catchy. Well, that's, that's, I, I think that the, the vocals here are yes. like, like he really goes for it in that Do way. We call it cringe catchy. Maybe Yeah, let's, let's, let's call it. Uh, well, I, I mean, it's just like that. Like it's the song that makes me think of what comes after it. Like oh. what this spawns. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's oh, no, where, yeah. That's where it just okay. I'm like I can't even I can't hang with this. I'm going to keep it, but you're right. What it what it is leading to is ugh. <laughs> uh, it's the like, worst. This is every like butt rock band that came after this. Like this is their favorite song on the record you're potentially. Right. Yeah, this is the, <laughs> the the band who wrote Superman's Dead was like, "Yo, Angry <laughs> Chair, awesome." Um all right. The last song on the current version, but as we said, down in a hole would have been here. The last song yeah. is the, what I would call classic wood. Yeah. This song's great. Um, it's a uh, tribute the song to the from s- singles. To, yes. From the single sounder, a tribute to the lead vocalist of mother love bone who died in right. 1990, Andrew Wood. Yep. Um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like, I feel like most likely Everyone has heard this song. If you haven't, uh, <laughs> check it out, and you might remember it somehow from something. Yes, um, <laughs> it's a great song. I mean, it's 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 really catchy. Um, it's uh, kind of. It, I feel like it's how sh- how long is this song? Three minutes. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's one of the more kind of time efficient. Yep. Tracks on this record. I don't have much to say about it. I feel like it's uh, it's just like an obvious keeper. I think it's an obvious keeper. I think. You said it well. Now, here's my question for you. Did you realize there were so many songs on this record that you recognized or at least a little bit recognized? Uh, yes, because just looking through the track list, I knew Wood from, was, from, was from singles. Um, I knew Rooster, I knew Down at Hole, and I knew Them Bones. Yeah. Yeah, so so it, you you just jump off with these singles. Wood, uh, you, you open the record with them bones. You close the record with wood, and there's for most people two or three other songs in between that are like we're heavy radio airplay. Um, there's probably people who are listening to this though who never heard this band or this record on radio. It stands up as an album. I think this is a great song. I think it's such an interesting choice to make this the closer. Um, Love the song, always have. Uh, certainly got played pretty hard. Um, but again, like this record and this song, like they capture a vibe. Uh, so I made the same mistake. <laughs> Try to see it once my way. Like this is <laughs> this is user. This is addict. This is people seeing people close to them die. Uh, it's not great. <laughs> It's it's very depressing when you actually put thought to it, but as a song, it's just it's great. A uh, lot of lot of resonant feeling all over the song. So, yeah. strong keeper to me. Um, Pete, this record is fifty seven minutes long. Does it feel long to you? 
it does between the points of Godsmack and uh, Angry Chair. Sure, right, right. That that section is pretty. That section kind of like brings me out of it a little bit. I listened to it probably two or three times for this. Sure, sure, sure. Um, But overall, yeah, I mean, overall, it feels like a like a kind of fully formed, thought out, like um, intentional album. Yeah, but but I do feel like they could have lost a few tracks and uh, had it be even like a 40 minute record. And I think it would have been much stronger. Well, I'll tell you this. It's 5737. If we cut Godsmack, the intro slash Iron Gland, Hate to Feel and Sick Man. That gets us down to 44 minutes. And, you know, I know for you, you'd probably cut. You said you'd cut Angry Chair. That brings it down to 40 minutes. And all of a sudden, it's like a really, like it just hits after hits, in my opinion. Um, So yeah, I think we're right in the same boat. Um, I think I only, I think the only cut I you had that I didn't was Angry Chair. Um, Did you wait? Did you cut? cut, I cut Rain when I die. I was gonna say you cut Rain when you die. So that's another six minutes. You get that thing down all the way to about thirty-four minutes. That's beautiful. I'm with it. All right. well, let's let's kind of go through our ratings. We already said you feel like it drags a bit. I I have to agree. Despite it being a record I love, that section basically 9, 10, 11 tracks on the record. Just <clears throat> you're coming off such a especially when you come out with them bones through through Rooster. So if you're listening to the current lineup of it, Outside of Sick Man, which we talked about, even that on a listening experience, it's a fun listen. Like it's it's not it's not a great song in my opinion, but like you can listen to it once and be like, all right, that was it's doing something different. It doesn't take away from the experience totally. But them bones, damn that river, rain when I die, down in a hole, sick man rooster. It's a rock block. We both yeah. espoused how much we liked the songs Junkhead and Dirt. Then you hit Godsmack. Ugh, drop. So <laughs> so it does drag. Um now to ask the next question, does it feel disjointed or slapped together at all? No, not really. Um, I think actually it's it's interesting that you say that they changed the track list around later because I do, even though down in a hole, I, I do feel like it would have fit better on the latter half of the record. It still feels like it works where they ended up putting it later. Yeah, so like, like, I, I so kind of alluded I, to that. It feels like a build-up to it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's all very intentional, regardless of what even track list we're talking about. But um, yeah, definitely, definitely intentional. Um, I, I just feel like they lose the plot on like the second half of it. Yeah, I think I think it feels good. I think there's a cohesion. The only true like, even the uh, intro Iron Gland untitled track it doesn't take away from the record. It feels like toss away, it's, but it's, it's just, just one it, of those things. It's I mean, one of those it's, things it's, you catch on so many records. So, yeah, I mean, it's like, it's like how every hip hop record has like the kind of like monologues, Yep. you know, yep. it's just, it's just one of those things that like, especially during the CD era, it's like, mm-hmm. it's fine, whatever. It's just yeah. par for the course, but just a little yeah. grizzle on the bone. It's okay. So yeah. no, I think I think very much it flows. I think there's a cohesion and an overall sound that despite the kind of as we repeated like 
attempts to stay to kind of get out of pocket and try different things on this record, both vocally and in the music. Um, it flows well, really well. Um, yeah. Overall quality of the songs and lyrics. Um, I mean, the lyrics always seem really thoughtful to me. Um, yeah. And unique, like, right? Like yeah. almost more so even they're, they're really well done, but they also stand alone just in how singular they are. For sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, I feel like there's like a real aesthetic and a real feel that they kind of nail here. Um, so that to me is cool. And, and, and like you said, kind of singular amongst like the quote unquote grunge bands of the time. I agree. Um, is this a timeless record? Um, it, it, it certainly feels of the time. Yep. Um, but I do, I mean, I think that there are bands playing currently that are probably taking from this. Um, I, I think that it's a record that, and I can't name them because I don't know who they are, but I know that, (laughs) but I know that there are like big rock kind of, uh, like, I don't want you. I don't even want to say butt rock. Like I don't want to be dismissive of it. But no, like, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> there, there, there are bands that people are paying attention to who are like paying attention, who were paying attention to Alice in Chains, who are still probably pulling from Alice in Chains. So, like, I think in certain worlds, this is still a very, very relevant, very influential record. Um, and you know, even for myself, who like, you know, I'm talking about scenes that I'm not even familiar with like I found things here too. So I, 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 I don't know. I mean, it's, it's definitely like a record worthy of anyone's time. If you're interested in like heavy music slash grunge slash alternative music. Yeah, totally agree. Um, certainly of a time and place. I mean, it's synonymous with a time and place, you know, right. Musically production doesn't hold it to that. It doesn't feel like you're listening to something that would, would irk someone based on the, the quantitative qualities, you know, like the, the, the measurables it's, it sounds good to the ear. Um, and it certainly holds influence, you know, no question. Yeah. Now here's one of my favorite questions that we always ask the presentation, the artwork. What do you think of the art? Um, I actually really like the artwork and, and it's, it's, it's one of those things where when I, when I saw, um, or when I came to the song dirt, yes, I was like, Oh, this is like, like that's the dirt, um, like art piece essentially. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> it's, uh, it's interesting. It's dark. It's bleak. It's, uh, it's weird. It, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's just weird. It's just yeah. weird. I, I think it looks great. Uh, there's a lot to look at with the cover. It's it's just an odd piece, and I think it fits the band and the record really well. Yeah. So uh, so shout out to the dirt. I think it's great. I, I actually really like the artwork, um, and has aged well in my opinion too. Like um, also, there's a cohesion with the other album covers, so I think that kind of works too. Like when you look at if you own all these records on vinyl, there's a little bit one. They all have the Alice in Chains logo and uh, well, except for uh, the dog record, but that, you know, just has the dog. 
<laughs> um, <laughs> but it's it, like you could see all these records and be like, oh, this is a band who kind of had a thought to what their records were going to look like. So shout out. Um, Pete, I think we're getting down to it. We're here. We've we're arrived. Here. On a um, scale of one to five stars, where do you rate this? I think I'm going to give it a three. Interesting. Okay. Um, I wanted to be harsher. I wanted to give it a two and a half, but like, I feel like because, because I feel like it's, 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 it's more contemporary than I thought it was going to be. Like there's, there's, there's more to pull from here or bands are pulling from Alice in Chains in a way that I wasn't aware of, I guess. Sure. Prior to listening sure. to it, when you listen to it, there was a lot you were like, "Oh, I'm hearing this elsewhere." Yeah, I I, I give it that extra half star um, because, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Hats off. Um, I like the artwork. I like the lyrics. Um, sometimes the vocals go too butt rock for you. Sometimes the vocals. Sometimes don't the music the goes too butt rock, but for yeah, sure. I mean, they're kind of equal. Like, like I love certain things on this record and I really don't like certain things on this record. So like, I'm kind of 50, 50 with it. So I feel like, but I'm, but I'm, but I'm, I like it more than I dislike it. So I'm going to give it a three. Okay, good. That's good. I'm giving this a solid four stars. Okay. Uh, I almost gave it four and a half stars. Um, wow. The hits really hit. I think it's unique. I still can't think of a record that feels this way. Some of the butt rock tendencies really shine through when you headphones listen. Yeah. Um, like I said, there's a, some there's some real riffing going on here. It doesn't quite get to licks, but it's close. <laughs> and you know, it's something I had thought about over time. But on this exercise, uh, with this set of listens, it was something I heard a lot more. I was like, wow. And it made me think about, is that what makes this more palatable? Is this what's helped this record is that it's so, you know, <clears throat> there are not a lot of records that I could see, especially when I listened to us. If somebody had gone and said, hey, here's two records I really love. And it was, you know, um, the second Motley Crue album and then Alice in Chains Dirt. I'd be like, oh, that's kind of weird. But now after this listen... I wouldn't blink at it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't kind of turn my head sideways in the same way as I would have even two weeks ago, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I love the record. It does have some, some points to it (laughs) that are a little like, well, you know, um, maybe not, but, uh, well, just I mean, like I mentioned, having that historical perspective on it is makes it tough because yes. because the, you the, know you know what the late nineties looked like yes. and the early two thousand looked like, and now it's like you you look at this record in a different way. But, so, like the funny thing is, we talked a little bit about how this influenced the butt rock <clears throat> stuff. I think this record more than most of the other grunge records also impacted new metal. Sure, I think because there is a lot more metal in the guitar sound. And they do a lot of other stuff, but they aren't married to some of the things. Like for me, I really love heavy metal that goes for speed and is going, mm. you know, and the tempos move more up. This record's got some up tempo parts, but they're not 
you know, they're not consistent. And when they go butt rockets, when they're going, when they're kind of bringing it down to a, a, a steady tempo. And that's where I see a lot of the, the butt rock coming from. And then cues going into new metal that I really largely is not something I'm into. So sure. <sighs> Allison is chains. This, yes. Sorry. Sorry. No, please go ahead. Um, is this your favorite Allison Chains record? Yeah, it is. Okay. I I think So you like the heavier stuff. I would strongly recommend for you to check out Facelift. Okay. Um the boy uh There's just some there's some really <laughs> um there's some really cool stuff on Facelift. I think um Man in the box kind of like predicts what's going to happen on on um, on dirt. I think there's some other really good stuff here. Let me think where else. I think to me, when you get to the self title is the dog record. Uh, yeah. Um, I think that record's got a couple like just heavy heavy songs, um, and I, I think the if you listen to all the records up to and including the um, the unplugged. the unplugged, yeah. I think it's it's kind of like a fun journey, and I think you can kind of get a real feel for the band. Um, like there's there's songs on on the dog record. Having beside you is like a big hit from that record. Over now is another big hit from that record. That are them leaning away from some of the more like metal stuff that they had going on or like gnarly or kind of grinder stuff that you hear in the guitar sound on, on dirt and leaning into more melodic stuff. And, and Lane Staley's vocals are going that way too. And you can really right. hear them starting to go. Um, there's still a darkness to it. And I think that's one of the pieces that makes Allison chains really unique. Um, not, I do like the darkness. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm I'm here for it. Yeah, I, I think I think it's I think the it's almost complete cycle when you go from faceless to dirt to self titled. If you listen to those three records, start to finish in order, you're gonna go on a ride and see the see the journey. And I just think dirt is their zenith, and there's peaks all throughout, but dirt is overall their best product. Cool. All right. Um, Random question before we close. And you, you don't have to have an answer. Do you know how they were as a live band? No idea. I'm just like, it's, it seems like the type of band that could like be like so hit or miss live. I would ask our audience if they've seen Alice in Chains to report that because I have heard that. That's what yeah. I heard is that there was, and I mean, <clears throat> not for nothing, that was true of most of the grunge bands uh, because they were a lot of them had their issues, you know? So, um, so yeah. Um, Yo, last question for you is silver chair post grunge or, (laughs) you know, like next gen grunge, or is it a record that people would put in the, the conversation as the last grunge record? Oh my God. That's a good question. And it's really funny because I, my wife and I went down a YouTube rabbit hole over the weekend of like old MTV award shows. Oh yeah. 
And one of the things that we watched was Silverchair playing on the marquee of Radio City Music Hall. Wow. In like 90, whatever, whatever it was, 96, 95, yeah. I think it Shortly was. Shortly after Frog Stomp, yep. Yeah, yeah, right as Frog Stomp hit, um, uh, which I saw them at the Stone Pony on that tour, by awesome. the way. That was a big show. Um, I remember that happening. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people um, from middle school very excited about Silverchair. God. Um, uh, I know. I mean, based on our conversation, I guess it's post-grunge. I think it because <sighs> I try not to get too geo-specific on things. Yeah. Because, you know, like, yeah, Allison Chains were from the Washington States, you know, area. And that was one of the big markers of grunge. But there were some bands that weren't, you know, Stone Temple Pilots were not. Yeah. Um, and I still think that they belong in the conversation. But one of the, the big notes about Silverchair was that they were really young and they were from Australia. So I think it's pretty safe to say that, uh, that this was influenced by that first wave of grunge and came out following it. Can I, can I ask you, do you know how old the members of Silverchair were when they wrote that record? Like really, really like stupid young. That's correct. Um, yes. Like I, I want to say the drummer was like 15 or something crazy. All three of the members were 15. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, so shout out to uh, Silverchair Frog Stomp. Don't totally. Oh, I do know how we got there. But anyways, um, <laughs> they were cool. <laughs> they were cool. Maybe we'll do that. Uh, we'll we'll in put the it on the weeks. list. Um, yeah. Everybody, thank you for listening. Uh, please send us your suggestions. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. That's a big place where we get feedback and actually participate in the album selection process. Any final words, Pete? That's it. Uh, Listen to this record. It's cool. Let's go. See you next week.